Hey everybody, Tony Thaxton here. Quick note before the show starts today, just to let you know, this is a live episode. It was recorded back in February, which seems like ancient times now. Uh, and it was at the Abel Brewery and Seed House in Minneapolis. Uh, there was a beer release event for the uh, Modern Chemistry Motion City Soundtrack beer. And uh, they had a you know, just a big night of things going on, and uh, I did a live version of the show, uh, and uh, it was it was fun. But as you'll hear, uh, it, you know, it was recorded in a brewery. People are there drinking. They they weren't there to uh, necessarily see me do the show, so there there you'll hear some some talking going on in the background. But uh, you know, it's that's fine. I get it. If I was there drinking beer and some guys up there talking that I don't know anything about. I don't, I don't care either. <laughs> uh, no, they were, they were, they were nice. They were very nice, very polite. And thank you, Abel, for letting me do that there. I am in no way knocking that because it was a good old time. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to, uh, let you know that was the deal here. Um, so enjoy the show, I guess. Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton, and like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that make you wonder how and why they exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Hams 65, Bursting with Freshness, from 1965. So once upon a time, when American industry ruled the earth, business and Broadway had a baby. This mutant offspring, glimpsed only at conventions and sales meetings, was the industrial musical. Think Broadway show, except the audience is managers and salesmen, and the songs are about how great it is to be working at the company. That's the description of industrial musicals written on industrialmusicals.com. Industrial musicals originated from company songs, anthems, jingles for promoting enthusiasm among workers. The songs were brought in by the management. Musical groups within the company could be formed to keep workers happy, encourage company loyalty, and to help with advertising. One of the earliest examples of this was the IBM Internal Songbook, and it was called Songs of the IBM. This is a real thing. And uh, this is a little clip from a song called Ever Onward, IBM. There's a thrilling star for all to wear about the coast, the corporation that will live the land. We're here to carry pioneer and all the family folks. Of that man, a man, our friend, and guiding hand. The name of T.J. Watson means the courage not contempt. And we feel honored to be here to help the average client. Ever onward, ever onward, that's the spirit that has brought us fame. Where they go bigger, we will be. We can live the walk and see that the humanity has been our aim. So at some point in the 1950s, these collections of songs that these companies were doing were extended into full-blown musical theater. The majority of these musicals were made in the U.S. following the post-World War II economic boom. And by 1955, two-thirds of the world's manufactured goods came from the U.S. industry. 
Combine this with the fact that Broadway and movie musicals had become mainstream entertainment. And in, in addition to that, in 1948, Columbia Records introduced 33 and a third RPM long play vinyl records. Now the companies could also make an accompanying soundtrack to go along with the show to give their employees and shareholders to take home as a souvenir album. Uh, some of the earliest known examples of these soundtrack albums were from Colgate Palmolive, Oldsmobile, and Ford. Wait till you see how long it is. The 57 Ford. Sturdy and rugged and strong it is. The 57 Ford. The finest styling you'll ever see. Safety and comfort we guarantee. Add it all up and you'll agree. Ford has done it again. Ford has done it again. To bumper completely new The 57 Ford From top to bottom the same is true The 57 Ford Here's the greatest new car today Here's the car that will lead the way And beat the hell out of Chevrolet Ford has done it again That's right. Industrial musicals have gained a little more attention in the last several years from the release of the book Everything's Coming Up Profits, The Golden Age of Industrial Music by Steve Young and Sport Murphy in 2013. Then the release of the 2018 documentary Bathtubs Over Broadway brought even more attention. The movie follows Late Show with David Letterman writer Steve Young, who had first found industrial musical soundtracks when he was searching for odd records to feature on the segment called Dave's Record Collection on The Late Show. Uh, the show would play clips of odd records, and then David Letterman would make a joke about them. And uh, here's a clip from the trailer for Bathtubs Over Broadway. I was working at the Letterman Show as a comedy writer. I started finding these mysterious corporate records. Musicals, but about tractors or silicone products. I didn't know anything about musical theater, but I was pretty sure it wasn't supposed to be this. My bathroom. Private kind of place. Everybody was doing these things. Giant companies, tiny companies. If the patient gets bloody, I found some sort of treasure trove that we weren't supposed to know about at all. It's the way everything's coming up. Bathtubs over Broadway is on Netflix. I highly recommend watching it to get the full history on the uh, industrial musicals. Industrial musicals were mostly big throughout the 50s into the 80s, and these big corporations had a lot of money they could spend, literally millions, so they hired huge talents. At the time, they were just up-and-coming composers, singers, actors, uh, like the songwriting team that wrote Cabaret and Chicago, Candor and Ebb, Florence Henderson from The Brady Bunch, and even Martin Short took part in these. Uh, after being staged by mostly car companies in the 1950s, industrial musicals started spreading to a larger range of industries like Coca-Cola, JCPenney, American Standard, and Ham's Beer. The Theodore Ham's Brewing Company was established in 1865 right here in Minnesota. Oh, I didn't even have to say please clap. 
Uh, entrepreneur Andrew F. Kelly was the owner of the Excelsior Brewery, and in 1864, when Keller needed money for expansion, German immigrant Theodore Hamm lent him money with the brewery as collateral. A year later, Keller was bankrupt, and Theodore Hamm became the owner of the brewery. In 1865, the Hams Brewing Company had five employees that brewed 500 barrels a year. Twenty years later, that had grown to 75 employees brewing 40,000 barrels a year. Hams Brewery was incorporated in 1896, and Theodore was given the title of president, and his son William was named vice president and secretary. Fast forward to 1953, and Hams started expanding, purchasing a second brewery in San Francisco, and that same year, the company introduced the Hams Beer Bear. Oh, some, some bear fans here. Uh, he was their new mascot, and he first appeared on the radio. Uh, sorry, he didn't first appear on the radio. That would make no sense. He first appeared in his first TV commercial and used the jingle that had been heard on the radio at that point. And uh, they continued to use this jingle for years to come. This is the land of sky blue waters, land of cool enchantment. Listen. Uh, the advertising campaign was a huge success, and the brewery continued to expand, buying more breweries in Los Angeles, Baltimore, and Houston. Hams would also become one of the first companies to create a national sports branding campaign. According to Moira F. Harris's book, The Pause of Refreshment, the story of Hams beer advertising, by 1964, Hams claimed to be the biggest TV and sports radio beer sponsor in the country. The Hams bear ads were run in support of not only the Minnesota Twins and the Vikings, but teams all around the country as they were now advertising in 31 states. In 1965, Hams would celebrate its 100th year as a family-owned business, and the brewery was now the fifth largest in the nation. On Saturday, March 5th, 1965, at the Minnesota Club, Hams held its centennial celebration party. And attendees that night would receive a copy of the souvenir album, Hams 65, Bursting with Freshness. The album kicks off with a song that's simply called Hams Centennial Meeting. What were they doing and what was brewing in 1865? The war was at an end, the land was on the mend. But more importantly, Hans Beer was born, you see. Up next was a song that was in three movements, a musical history of the company called The First 100 Years. And this is a little bit of the first movement. We're enjoying hams, really enjoying hams. That's how it came to be. That's the true history. Who really helped to win the war in that year? Mademoiselle from Armentier's a real dear. I know boys really loved her, yet they were 
can hardly wait to get home again for lots more hams. The second movement talks about hams throughout the 20s and into Prohibition. But I'm going to skip ahead to the third movement where they get into their involvement with sports, their familiar jingle, and the Hams Bear. Hams went out to the ball game in 1951. And Hams is still in the ball game. They've taken everyone. Then came land of sky blue waters. From the land of sky blue waters. Swept across the nation, made a great sensation for hands. From the land of sky blue waters came a fuzzy, friendly, and happy hands there. The happy hands there. The album itself has very few credits listed, but it's known that this piece, along with a few of the others, was written by Lloyd Norlin. Norland had a long and successful career in music. He was nominated for an Academy Award for his song Out of the Silence from the film All-American Co-Ed in 1942. He was also a two-time Emmy Award winner in the 1970s. His music was performed at Mount Rushmore during the Bicentennial, where he worked for several off-Broadway shows in Chicago through the years. The Young Adults was another Lloyd Norland song. A song encouraging the sales team to aim for the baby boomers that were now of legal age to drink. We're the married couples, dating couples who are drinking beer. We're the single guys, the single gals. Our group is growing every year. Be good to us. We're the group of the hour with that big buying power. Another Lloyd Norland song was We've Got Everything Going for Hams. And one of the things that they had, apparently, was aluminum cans. We'll have everyone going for everyone asking for hams, dear. This year, the only aluminum can will do its share. With this fresh combination, how can you help but cry? We've got everything going. So FYI, apparently beer and aluminum cans was kind of a new thing in 1965. They'd only been introduced in 1959. Uh, there's one more, one more Lloyd Norland song to close outside one called You Gotta Show the Merchandise. And uh, this song doesn't have anything ham-specific about the song because it was a song that he used in several different industrial musical shows over the years. Uh, he worked a ton in industrial musicals writing over 250 songs for musicals, like musicals from Marshall Fields Department Stores, Ford, Standard Oil, and Pepsi, just to name a few. Ham's 65 album is the last known industrial musical piece that has been found from Norlin on vinyl. You gotta show the merchandise to make it sell. 
where folks can see it well to make those customers buy sock them right in the eye with point of sale material that rings the bell don't hide the goods on a back room shelf if you want to make your business pay uh, side two of the album is all TV and radio commercial jingles uh, all with different themes for the titles, such as diving, shooting the rapids, water skiing, and so on. These songs are the, have the only credits that appear on the whole album. Uh, some credit the vocal to the Jays, and other credit vocal to simply Jamie. Uh, though credited separately, it's actually a group called the Jays and Jamie. On the album, the Jays are credited spelled J-A-Y-S, while the J's with Jamie was simply J apostrophe S. Uh, here's a commercial that used one credited to the J's called Surfing. This is the freshness you feel in hams. For yourself some freshness, have yourself a hams. Join in the fun of active living, get with the swing to hams. The Jays with Jamie specialized in, a commercial, in commercial jingles throughout the 50s and 60s. The core members were a married couple named Jamie and Joe Silva. They also recorded three albums for Columbia Records in the 60s. They were even nominated for Best New Artist and Best Performance by a vocal group at the 1964 Grammy Awards. But they lost Best New Artist to the Swingle Sisters and Best Performance by a vocal group to Peter, Paul, and Mary's Blowin' in the Wind. Jamie and Joe played with a number of session musicians and other singers throughout the years, including Len Dressler, whose deep voice is best known for... Ho, ho, ho. Green Giants. Ooh, that was loud. <laughs> uh, to fit in with the Land of Sky Blue Water slogan, the album was released on blue vinyl, and uh, it also included a letter from their then-president, William C. Figg, and that letter read, We wanted to, you to have this recording of our specially written centennial music and new radio TV sound as a memento of the ham's first 100 years. We sincerely hope that when you play this record, it will again bring to mind ham's proud heritage and the progress that has been made since 1865. Tremendous opportunities lie ahead in the next 100 years. Hams pledges its continued support in providing tools to help you make the most of these opportunities. Sincerely, Bill. There was only one other credit in the album, and that was some vocals by Nancy Wilson. And not the Nancy Wilson from Heart. Uh, it was the jazz singer Nancy Wilson. Uh, she was best known for her standard version of Guess Who I Saw Today in 1960 and for her number 11 single, You Don't Know How Glad I Am in 18, sorry, 1964. Even with a big single a year prior to the Ham Centennial, Nancy Wilson recorded two commercials for hams. And this is a clip of a song simply called Diving. It's bursting out with freshness. Fresh 
Throughout her 50-plus year career, Nancy Wilson would go on to record more than 70 albums, and she won three Grammy Awards. In 1989, she even appeared and sang a little bit of James Moody's jazz standard, I'm in the Mood for Love, on The Cosby Show. Music all around me, crazy music, music. Music that keeps calling me so very close to The Cosby Show, starring noted jazz enthusiast and horrible monster Bill Cosby, a man who once released an album of his own in 1967 called Silver Throat, Bill Cosby Sings, but that is for another time. All right. Thank you guys for listening. My name's Tony Thaxton. This is called Bizarre Albums. If you like weird records, uh, every Tuesday on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, and all that, wherever you get podcasts, new episodes every week, at, uh, records by actors, uh, fictional characters, athletes, stuff like that. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, thanks for watching. 